Hey there, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, another podcast, Redeemed Through His Blood. This is Scott Durfee here, joined as always by my great friend, yep, our teacher, David Durfee. It's a great, uh, great time of the year, Scott. I think one of my favorites, uh, spring and fall, I think are my two favorite seasons, and this is a great time. We've enjoyed General Conference and Easter, Easter and the Masters Golf Tournament. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forget. There's yeah, a holiday for you. Yeah. Uh, I, it's always a little sad to me when it's on Easter weekend because I'm really torn, though. Just kind of troublesome for me. But but uh, what a great time of the year and good to be with you. And I'm really excited to talk about the uh, different aspects and effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ today. We've spent the the last uh, several, I, I guess a couple of months now, again, talking about the events of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And it was really kind of great timing to talk about the resurrection and, and all of that uh, real close to Easter like we were able to. It was awesome, awesome that we've had such a wonderful experience prior to Easter with General Conference. Uh, yeah, wasn't that great? Oh my gosh, I'm still reeling with just was, absolute uh, enthusiasm about some Easter-centered, yeah, general conference focused on the Savior and his last week, and just really, really grateful for First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve and their emphasis on the yeah, I am too on this uh, past Holy Week. You know, the, a lot of the benefits, a lot of the things that come as a benefit from what we do here is our opportunity to talk to people. People will approach me, and I know people will approach you often, too, about questions or comments or, hey, I hear you do a podcast. And, you know, one of the uh, things that—it's uh, been a minute since I kind of mentioned this, but um, or in any kind of detail. We, we allude to it, I believe, every podcast, but in any kind of detail, at least. You know, um, one of the things that really— brought David and I together to work on this is not just our family relationship. I mean, that's important above all things probably to us, but, but it's also our perspectives. You know, David comes with a 40 year church education system perspective. And, and, I, and I'm telling you that his uh, perspective began way prior to that. I, I, Dave's been kind of like a big brother to me actually all my life here and a, a really great example. And it's been fun to watch him and his relationship with the Savior develop and his understanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ and the power that comes from that develop over the years. Well, and now my perspective is, you know, I came from a, uh, I kind of jumped off the tracks uh, at a point in my life. And, and because of that, jumping off of the tracks in the point, at a point in my life, there's been a lot of, you know, negative experiences, I guess, is kind of a, uh, a outcome of that. Uh, a lot of uh, relationships affected, a lot of, just a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of damage, a lot of uh, uh, wake, you know, there's just in, in the wake of my addiction and so forth. Uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'll have 25 years sober, uh, clean and sober, uh, completely off of drugs and alcohol this coming October. I am currently sponsoring several men in, um, I'll just say it, in Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and maybe a couple of other programs as well, the addiction recovery program from the LDS church and so forth. But, you know, Dave, um, I, I have a couple of listeners. We have a couple of listeners mm -hmm. who aren't me members of the church per mm -hmm. se, uh, or don't identify as such. And, um, 
and they listen to our podcast. Uh, they're, they're also participate in recovery programs. And one of them said to me, you haven't really talked much about uh, recovery lately. Um, and I think, you know, and that's okay. It, it hasn't necessarily been by design, but, our, mm-hmm. but the, the things that we've talked about haven't really lent themselves to that type of discussion in the kind of detail that we will be able to going forward now. You know, when we talk about the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, this is where the healing begins. You know, it's important that we understand what happened yeah. to precipitate and facilitate the healing, etc. The effects is where we see Jesus Christ's power come into our lives and help us in all aspects of our lives. And so, you know, I think that as we go through our discussion today and, you know, more subsequent uh, discussions as we continue on this topic, uh, I think that it'll be important for those of us who are seeking to have a deeper relationship with the Savior. And that's, that's one of the most important things in recovery to focus on. That's step number two. You know, step number one is came to believe, or step number one is admitted we were powerless over alcohol or whatever, and that our lives have become unmanageable. But then step two, we get right into hope. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Well, that power that can restore us to sanity from our perspective is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the atonement, mm-hmm. his atonement, and the power that comes through it, his power that comes through it. And it's important, I think, that as we start talking about and we start diving into this that we let our minds be drawn to the healing powers let our hearts be drawn to the healing hope that can come as we deepen that relationship yeah well uh, recovery and repentance scott are so intertwined they're inextricably i think connected and uh hard to separate and i don't want to minimize or take away from from the word recovery as it's used by you and and others with addictions but we we all repentance is is really a system of recovery you know repentance is recovering our lost relationship with the savior our lost identity knowing whose we are who we belong to Uh, you know repentance is recovery and recovery whatever your religious uh, leanings are or beliefs or tenets that you believe in recovery is is a process of of turning around yeah of changing yeah yeah exactly and uh, whatever higher power you believe in but we're so grateful as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to know that that higher power for us is a Savior and Redeemer who not only gives us the power to do that, but who suffered for it. And that, that suffering, in the, in the deepest level, Scott, when we talk, we talk all about the atonement of Jesus Christ, that infinite, intimate atonement of Jesus Christ. But ultimately, it brings us, when you understand the suffering of Jesus Christ, it brings you a level of gratitude. And that gratitude, Scott, I don't know where gratitude is in the 12 steps, but gratitude is the beginning of desire. And gratitude is what changes us in our relationship with him. And, and if you want to, not e- even getting into the divine relationship with Savior, with our Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, 
I was thinking about this the other day with my eternal companion and sweetheart, Chris, that my love for her and the desire that I have for her as an eternal companion, that desire of love that I have for her is based upon my gratitude for her. The sacrifice, near-death experiences that she went through to give us Five biological children, one adopted child who has lots of challenges and problems, and then to give birth to three stillborns. And the suffering that she has been through, the sacrifice that she has made for me and for our family, gives me a level of gratitude that connects us forever. My desires are to her. But Honestly, there are so many who, if they don't have sufficient gratitude, they lose that, that feeling of need for, appreciation for, love for. They're not drawn towards. Or dependence on. Yeah, it's, I, I don't, gratitude for Jesus Christ who paid the price of my sins, who suffered for me not only suffered for me, but suffered because of me. It gives me a level of gratitude which brings me desire, Scott, to do what's right and to stop doing what's wrong. This uh, idea of gratitude is so important, and, and it, it's uh, it, it's universally important. I, I'll be bold enough to say that, right? I, yeah, I, no, I, it, it be, is. Because it doesn't matter what your religion is. It, it, and it doesn't matter if you acknowledge or don't acknowledge the power by which all these things come is still Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I, and I get that and I don't mean to sound arrogant about that or, you know, um, off putting about that because, and hopefully it's not, but my belief literally is that even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, any good that you're getting is still coming from him anyway. Well, you know, and because he's the creator, because he's the creator, he's the redeemer, the, the, the savior, finisher of the our mediator, faith, he's the advocate, all of those things. And all and, of that. And, and that gratitude part of it deepens our desire. Sure. And because that's such a true principle, that uh, principle is one of the overarching principles in re- any recovery program. That really helps um, to people to get sober, to stay sober, and to, you know, continue on. One of the first things I'll do, uh, well, actually, let me put it this way. I called a sponsor yesterday. I was a little bit troubled about some things that's going on mm-hmm. with my family. You know, I want to go Scott Durfee on it and take control of everything and make yeah. everybody toe the line and, right. you know, do this and do that. And what's your problem? If you could just see it the way I could see it, you know, and those types of things. And in this, uh, well, Mike, he said to me, he says, Scott, um, what are you grateful for right now? Really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and, and this is a situation where awesome. we, you know, and for me, you know, he helped me to remember really? the deep gratitude I have for Deb, my wife, Yeah, you know, um, and that she's really my family, Yeah, you know, and I, everything builds around that. And, and, and this gratitude, it, it's um, not only helps focus our minds, David, on things that are more positive than they would be otherwise, our minds focused on otherwise. Um, but it also invites the spirit because no doubt. because when we're acknowledging no from whence these blessings come, or even if we're just seeking 
from whence these blessings come, and we're not 100% sure even, maybe. Yeah. That still invites the Spirit, the Spirit of confirmation, the comforter, the, the all of the uh, blessings that come to us. As And we've talked, and we'll continue to talk. We'll get into this in a lot more detail upcoming here. But the the um, effects, and that's what we're t- going to be getting into, the yeah, effects of right. the atonement of Jesus Christ that come through his atonement, the power that comes through his atonement, they're administered to us by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. The no administration doubt. of the atonement is one of the main principal. Um, he is the messenger and the administrator of the powers of Christ and the atonement in our life. And when we feel that, it helps us. No doubt. Okay. So you, you've told me before, Scott, you keep a... Uh, I keep a gratitude journal. You, you keep a gratitude journal, and you yeah. got that from the... 12 steps. Where's yeah. that in the 12 steps? Yeah, well, that's actually step 10, and, and it's not a gratitude journal per se. I mean, I use a gratitude journal as an extension of, and so do the guys that, uh, you know, I, I use me for sponsorship, kind of do the same thing. You know, so step 10. Step 10, we're getting way ahead here, but step 10 simply says, I continue to take personal inventory. In other words, I continue to inspect my life. Mm-hmm. And when I'm wrong, I promptly admit it, mm-hmm. you know, and who do I promptly admit it to? Well, that depends. You know, this is, again, part of that repentance process, that recovery process that you're talking about here that's made available to us through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But but as a part of that, you know, sometimes, and we'll talk about this eventually, and I know we did earlier in the year, too, what focus is so important and what we focus on expands. And so if I'm only always focusing on everything I'm doing wrong, you know, that just doesn't suit uh, that doesn't just align. That doesn't align with, I think, the spirit. Right. I mean, it's important for me to acknowledge it. It's important for me to admit it. It's important for me to repent of it. That's all part of my prop- repentance process. Not steps, but process. Yeah. We'll get to that right. too. But, 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 but because of that, I do always make a list of what I'm grateful for that day, and I try not to duplicate. It's so easy to duplicate. But well, I, it's it's a power. It's uh, gratitude itself is a power. There's an energy about it that uh, that changes our desires and changes what we love and changes what we focus, what we choose to focus on. I, uh, how cool was it? How many times did they quote the scripture? In general conference, look unto me. Yeah, in every thought, I started to keep track of that. That's your. Doubt that's not. one of your favorites. I know. <laughs> I love that, that so many times on this podcast. Yeah. I, yeah. Every time I heard it in general conference, which was multiple times, my ears perked up and I smiled and thought, "Oh, thank! I'm so thankful." Yeah. Um. So, Scott, I, I all of our listeners need to consider their their all of their relationships, relationship with deity. And if it is uh, insufficient, if it's not what you would like it to be, um, my testimony and invitation to you is to uh, consider where you're at in your level of understanding for and gratitude for uh, what what uh, our Heavenly Father has sacrificed for us in giving us His Son. I hope... I hope during Easter last week, I was thinking a lot about the sacrifice of the father, Abraham sacrificing, you know, the the metaphor of, of uh, Abraham and Isaac and and the, the father sacrifice and giving us his only begotten beloved son as a sacrifice for all of us. 
that should that should increase our gratitude for him our father and then uh, to understand the excruciating uh, suffering and the loving uh, willingness of the Savior to suffer for us, my goodness, I, if you understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, you will be filled with gratitude. And in the wake of that gratitude, Elder Scott says, it will provide the highest motivation or desire yeah. to do what's right and to be a follower or disciple of Jesus Christ and as we as we think about our relationships with our families why is it that sometimes we let these little things uh, ruin our relationships with our uh, family uh, when we have so much to be thankful for if we could see the the sacrifice that our parents make for us they're not perfect Uh, none of us are and if people could just understand and feel more gratitude for those who they should be close to, I think it would turn their hearts towards those individuals and be life-changing. So j- just that one principle. Yeah. Uh, I remember President Faust said that gratitude is is not just a good principle to live by, but it's a principle of salvation and exaltation. Oh, yeah. You can't be exalted huh without without uh, having gratitude well of course i agree with that but i hadn't thought of that before you you want to expand on that a little bit it's a if you don't have if you don't have gratitude you're not going to have the sufficient relationship or humility meekness or dependence upon uh, our heavenly father our savior or the holy spirit that you need in order to go live with them to be become like them yeah yeah it's it's really gratitude is the the power i think behind our desires to become like them yeah yeah it's the it's the power behind our feeling of love right that we have for them it's the highest form and level of love you know it's uh you know agape divine love uh, yeah you know what I've noticed gratitude also does is it deepens my desire to get to know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah, it I, softens I, our hearts. It too. does, yeah. And I, I, I just find myself, I, I was telling Deb last night, I says, I think I'm going to go get a degree in religious studies. And she's like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I just, I'm probably not going to do that. I mean, that's a bold statement to put out there and everything like that. But, 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 what I, but what I do love is I just can't get enough of yeah. learning about him. Uh, I, last night, I was studying Romans 5 again, uh, yeah. and I just love so much to learn Sweet. about yeah. the, the Savior and, and all that he is. Not all that he was, but all that he is and mm. still to me yeah. in my life. And uh, That's really just, sweet. Yeah. I was, I, I'd actually applied and was going to get a doctor of... <laughs> Doctorate of Theology back in Minnesota at yeah. the University of St. Thomas, a private Catholic school in, in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And then I was asked by Salt Lake to be an area director over seminaries and institutes, which required so much traveling covering 10 states. Of I had 10 states in my area, and I was gone 90 nights a year, and it was just more than I could have. I couldn't have done both, so I... 
I've I've always wanted. Yeah. To well, it it's to just study that does... theology from from really another another university, you right. know, so, yeah. something like right. uh, yeah. uh, Saint Thomas or yeah. Go to the these. Uh, I think uh, Yale and Harvard may have actually. They do have divinity schools. schools. Yeah, yeah, schools of theology. Yeah, it's called. And, uh, so anyway, uh, we're a lot alike that way, Scott, and we we share a lot of things. Even though you were talking about our our different paths, you know, I've thankfully I haven't uh, had this some of the experiences that you've had to go through, and yet how awesome um, the lessons that you've learned that have blessed so many. And as you were talking about your experiences with addiction and recovery, I was thinking. Uh, the scripture in Isaiah 61, verse 3, you know, beauty for ashes. You're an example of that, Scott. And that's the work of the Savior and the, the uh, Holy Ghost in your life, administering the atonement in your life. But that's that's what we're really talking about, that's is it. receiving beauty out of ashes. And uh, as, we, as we move into the different aspects and effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, my prayer is, and hope, is for all of us to increase our gratitude, our understanding. Mm-hmm. I think maybe understanding precedes gratitude. Our understanding and level of gratitude for Jesus Christ and the gift, the infinite, intimate gift of the atonement in our life. Yeah, you say, I think, understanding precedes uh gratitude i think it does to a degree but then i think the more gratitude we have the deeper our, it's like it's a helix right yeah we talk about the cycle. power of faith sure. is similar to that you like know a, like a helix yeah so it just keeps continuing upward yeah absolutely i'm still trying to understand it and my gratitude i i know is still growing pray it always will yeah well um so scott there are conditional and unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. In almost all the powers that are available to us through Jesus, through because of Jesus Christ, through his atonement, there are conditional and unconditional aspects of it. There are some things that we absolutely have to do in order to receive the powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. And there are other things that because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, powers, mercies, grace, and gifts just flow into our lives unconditionally. And it is the atonement of Jesus Christ perfected the plan of redemption of the Father, the plan of happiness, the plan of mercy. There are 13 different titles of the plan in the Book of Mormon alone. And and the the atonement of Jesus Christ perfected that perfect plan, so that all things would be in equilibrium, all things would be fair. And so as we as we get into this, I think that it's it's probably necessary that in general conference and in Sunday school classes and in seminary and institute courses they spend about 80 percent of the time talking about the conditional aspects of the atonement of jesus christ how we need faith in him that's a choice uh, 
and that's conditional. How we need to repent, that's obviously a choice and uh, optional and something that we have to take responsibility and for. And requires action on our part. Right. Participating in the ordinances, that's a, that's a choice that we make. Receiving, whether you receive the Holy Ghost or you don't receive it, is all, all those are options that we have to make conscious choices in order to receive the blessings. But there are so many other blessings that come into our life because of the atonement of Jesus Christ without us doing anything. I remember Brother Robert J. Matthews, who wrote the Bible Dictionary, telling a a group of us that he had heard a man recently in a testimony meeting, which he attended, say, if we don't repent... The atonement of Jesus Christ does nothing for us. Mm. And Brother Matthew said, I wanted to stand up and scream. Yeah. I wanted to run up to the pulpit and say, that's not true. But so many people, I think, in the church think or don't appreciate or understand or have sufficient gratitude for all of the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. And I honestly believe, Scott, that the most important aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ are the unconditional ones, because when I consider the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, Scott, I am filled with gratitude and desire, which then help me to go through and fulfill my role and my responsibilities in receiving the conditional blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ in my life. So I think we should begin, if it's okay, talking about the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that's a great place to start. And and as we do this, I'll invite us all, uh, ourselves, David, and our listeners, I'll invite us all to search, even though maybe we've had this experience before, maybe we already know everything that we're grateful for about the atonement of Jesus Christ. But as we talk about these unconditional parts, these unconditional blessings that come to us as, as the, uh, from the atonement of Jesus Christ and Christ's power through that, I invite us all to reconsider, you know, maybe have a fresh look at how great is that blessing in my life and where do I see it? Let's mm-hmm. not just take for granted that our past experience will suffice us through this. If we really want to get out of this discussion, what I think is available for us to get out of this discussion, mm-hmm. I would invite us all to kind of take that approach. Yeah, thank you. And maybe a few journal entries would be helpful. Right. You know, for people to write down and take a moment at least and pause, consider, and meditate upon where they have seen and where they have received the unconditional blessings you know what I would of Christ in their life I would love it if we could get a couple of emails maybe uh, oh, along yeah, those lines please, you know we, yeah, if please. you if you're so inclined to share and and if you'd like us to not share it uh, on on air here or, or what have you just to make sure you include that but uh, you can reach us at he redeems us at gmail.com still yeah thank you uh, so before I jump right into the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Christ, um, I, I want to just say that 
as we talk about this, that there are, I think, basically three or four basic powers. When we talk about the powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ, I think we're, th- we're really describing three or four different specific powers that can be described. One of those is the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. One of them, second one, is the enabling powers. We'll describe these in more detail. The enabling powers of the atonement of Christ. Third, the compensatory blessings, the compensating powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. And the fourth one, I would say, are the healing and cleansing powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. And Scott, I think it's it's just really helpful for us. And there, and there are probably more. I don't want to... I'm sure there are many more infinite powers that flow into our life. Well, those are four pretty pretty good categories. Right? Yeah, yeah, categories yeah. and many, many blessings under each of those. But as we talk about the unconditional and conditional aspects, I think we're mostly speaking here the unconditional aspects, at least, of the atonement are the redemptive powers of the atonement in our life, category number one. The redemptive powers are overcoming unconditionally the two deaths that we have described that came into the world because of the fall of Adam and Eve. And unconditionally, Scott, those are covered by the atonement of Jesus Christ. The first negative was that Adam and Eve and all of us are cut off from God, we're out of the presence of God when we come to mortality, celestial world, fallen earth. That will be unconditionally overcome when we return to their presence to be judged. And all will return to their presence to be judged. I know the scriptures that say no unclean thing can dwell in the presence of God, but all of Heavenly Father's children children will return to his presence to be judged. We'll look at scriptures on that in a minute. The second, the second unconditional, universal uh, consequence of Christ's suffering is the is the resurrection of all mankind, that all mankind would overcome physical death. So Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice unconditionally overcame death and hell. Death meaning the death of physical death, separation of body and spirit, and hell, which is spiritual death death or cut off from righteousness cut off from god we're all going to be resurrected all mankind and we're all going to return to their presence to be judged i i think as latter-day saints we're pretty clear on the idea of a universal resurrection i think my favorite verses on that are in uh, alma chapter 11 verses 40 through 44 there are many other passages, but that's my favorite. If our readers want to want to read that and ponder that, it's also taught, I think, in the Bible. Even though we're pretty unique 
as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints among Christians to believe in a universal resurrection. I think it's taught in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 1 15, Corinthians 15 20 yep. through 22, uh, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all, all be made alive. Yeah. But we're not so clear in our church or any other church um, about this doctrine that all will return to the presence of God. So we've read this before, but let's let's turn to uh, Helaman in the Book of Mormon, Scott. Helaman chapter 14, the uh, teachings, teachings and prophesyings of Samuel the Lamanite, powerful witness of the Savior who gratefully the Savior told the the compilers of the Book of Mormon that they'd left uh, his teachings out and that they needed to be in there. And I, th- I think one of the reasons that he wanted them in there so bad is because of chapter 14. Because chapter 14, Samuel gives a very uh, powerful discourse on the atonement of Jesus Christ. So let's, uh, I don't know, Scott, let's pick up with 13, if you would. And let's start reading uh, Helaman 14, verse 13. And if you believe on his name, you will repent of all your sins, that thereby ye may have a remission of them through his merits. Okay, so... Number one, you got to believe in his name. You got to repent of your sins. This is all conditional stuff. Well, and I think it's important, right? and we'll come back to this, but it's important that uh, the remission of those sins come through his merits. Not ours. No meritocracy on our part. Yeah, everyone should circle the word his. Yep. That little pronoun's really important. His merits, not ours. Now skip to 15. 15. Uh, for behold, he surely must die that salvation may come. Yea, it behooveth him, and becometh expedient that he dieth, to bring to pass the resurrection of the dead, that thereby man may be brought into the presence of the Lord. Okay, so there's a resurrection, unconditional, and because of the resurrection, all mankind will be brought into the presence of the Lord. He clarifies, uh, verse 16. Yea, behold, his death bringeth to pass the resurrection... And redeemeth all mankind from the first death, that spiritual death. For all mankind, by the fall of Adam, being cut off from the presence of the Lord, are considered as dead, both as to things temporal and things spiritual. And then 17. But behold, the resurrection of Christ redeemeth mankind, yea, even all mankind, and bringeth them back to the presence of the Lord. Wow. I, I mean, it. That's really, it, it, this is taught in many places in the Book of Mormon. It's got about 10 times in the Book of Mormon. And and yet it's just so crystal clear here in Helaman chapter 14. It, it just can't get more clear than that, right? Christ redeemeth all mankind and bringeth them back into the presence of the Lord. So if someone were to ask you, Scott, are you redeemed? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we're all redeemed. We're all redeemed. That's right. Jesus Christ redeemed all mankind. Right. Not just because of the resurrection. Right. But we will go back into the presence of our Heavenly Father. Verse 18, just maybe, let's read verse 18. All right. Yea, and it bringeth to pass the condition of repentance. So, that's conditional. That's whosoever repenteth, the same is not hewn down and cast into the fire. But whosoever repenteth not is hewn down and cast into the fire. 
and there cometh upon them again a spiritual death, yea, a second death, for they are cut off again as to things pertaining to righteousness. So even though we're all redeemed, all mankind, through the atonement of Jesus Christ are redeemed unconditionally. If we haven't repented, if we haven't taken care of, of if we haven't taken care of the things that we can take care of, that we have control over, if we're still unwilling to repent, if we're if we're not willing or don't have the desire to uh, follow Jesus Christ, then we will again experience spiritual death, and we will go to either a lesser kingdom of glory, even then we'll be in the presence of a member of the Godhead. If you go to the terrestrial kingdom, Jesus Christ reigns over the terrestrial kingdom, the Holy Ghost reigns over the celestial kingdom. Those, only those, Scott, who suffer complete spiritual death will be sons of perdition. I mean, they go to a place called outer darkness where they become the children of, of Satan. And uh, so, I, I mean, think of the mercy and the grace in all of that. Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice, having through his sacrifice met all of the demands of justice, having suffered for all the sins of all mankind, whether repented of or not, Scott. Right. Jesus Christ has redeemed us. That's unconditional. Whether we receive it or not, and are exalted by it or not, that's that's on us. That's our choice. That depends on our qualification for that. Yeah. yeah. Can't earn it. I like I like that word yep. qualification. Yep. We qualify for it. Right. We can never, in this life or the next, earn it. So that's the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. I, I wish all of us, when we would think of the question, "Am I redeemed?" We would see a big in caps Y E S exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark. The enemy. Right, it's his job to cloud our vision, to cloud our judgment, to help. And great accuser, and a great accuser. We have been greatly accused in the church and out of the church, and we sometimes uh, like to complicate this. And and I think that we, I think that we do the atonement of Jesus Christ a disservice when we do that. This is not meant to be anything but a loving invitation and an acknowledgement of our redemption. I mean, that there's some qualification, and we'll get into that. You know, the qualification part will come to the conditional parts of the atonement of Jesus Christ, and they come through repentance. But even that word, David, and we'll talk about this, I know, in another podcast in the future, but even that word is extremely misunderstood. Right. You know, sometimes I hear the word, and in the past especially, yeah. I see that word repentance, and it would be just like, oh my goodness, there's yeah. no possible way I yeah, have so was. much to repent from because I didn't understand the process by which that meant. And, and uh, you know, so hang with us as we uh, start to yeah, take on you. some of these ideas that may be, you uh, know, um, maybe com not completely comfortable. Um, but as we as we start talking and as, as we actually continue talking about these things fill the spirit. Don't feel the resistance. Fill the spirit. Too. I think most of our listeners, Scott, think of Jesus as their redeemer, but they don't feel redeemed. Yeah. That's just, 
if he's our redeemer, yeah. If you if you believe Jesus Christ is your redeemer, yeah. Then why in the heck would you not think that you're redeemed? Yeah. If you're not redeemed, then he ain't your redeemer. <laughs> That's right. I I just oh, it, and we think of him as our savior. Is Jesus Christ your savior or not? Yeah. But then we think, but have I been saved? It's kind of the same thing, right? Definitely. Yeah. Now, again, being exalted, or what kingdom of glory we end up in. That's a different conversation. That's a totally different thing. That gets down to the conditional aspects. We're focusing right now on the unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, who has redeemed and saved all of God's children in overcoming the spiritual, the first death, spiritual death, brought into the world by Adam and Eve in their transgression, and the second death, the which is death. the physical death. There is a, are we saved from death? Yes. Are we saved from hell? Yes. Unconditionally. Mm-hmm. After that, there's some choices you need to make. Yeah which will affect where you maybe spend the rest of your eternity. So uh, that's number one, the redemptive powers of our Redeemer. The enabling powers. Wait, just a second. Before we get to the enabling powers, I want to talk just one more thing about the redemptive powers, as specifically as it relates to um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the physical death. Okay. So, you know, we, we think of these powers and blessings coming to us in a life after this one. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till I can participate in that blessing. I mm-hmm. can't wait till I can feel the fullness of that blessing in my life. I can't wait. And, and, and we see that as some maybe future event. Yeah. Anytime, and I'm going to specifically talk about the um, physical death redemption here right now. Anytime we're healed from any kind of physical malady, anytime we have a sickness and we're healed from that. Anytime we break a bone and we're healed from that. Anytime we have any kind of mental illness and we feel relief or reprieve from that. Anytime, and, and, and the list goes on ad nauseum, I get that. But anytime any of those healings come, that's because of the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yes, and I would, and this gets into a little bit, Scott, I think the compensatory powers. Right of Jesus Christ, someone who is born with physical ailments, and maybe they're not completely healed from them, but in the next life, they will receive compensatory blessings because of them. Even in this life, they'll probably receive, uh, for sure they will, even in this life, they receive compensatory blessings and powers from it. I I saw a a documentary about this um, unbelievable Japanese pianist. Um, Noku is he goes by and uh, won the prestigious world championship like when he was 18 years old and he's totally blind and it was so interesting to watch this documentary on him and the compensatory yeah. powers and blessings of light even though he's blind that he received in his life because he was blind how he could see things that we that we who can see will never see. 
I, I mean, I those are some of the compensatory blessings right. that I think those who have physical ailments receive in this life before they're ever resurrected. But in this life or the next, there will be these healings and compensatory powers that unconditionally flow into our lives. Maybe, maybe Scott, there are some cases, probably more than not, where some people are healed because of their faith, which is a choice, and that's conditional. It's conditional whether people receive blessings and have faith to receive those blessings and have faith or the power of faith to to be able to really tap in to those healing powers through the atonement of Christ. So some of that's conditional. That's right. But much of it is unconditional. Yeah. And, you know, and I said that, talking about the redemptive powers, but now that... uh, I think about it, and you bring it to my attention. You know, the compensatory blessings come through that too. But we're going to about now. We're going to talk about the enabling blessings. Well, those too can come as part of that. Yes. Yeah. Some of those are no and unconditional. Unconditional, right? Yeah. No doubt. I, I think of the all of the examples in the Book of Mormon of individuals, Nephi, and you have uh, Limhi and his group, Alma and his group. There's there's many examples of this, um, and you can look up. Uh, you can look up the phrase in the strength of the Lord and follow the, the enabling powers, which is really also associated with the term grace. Mm. We use the term grace to describe the enabling powers of Christ in our life to be able to do things that we would not have the strength to do alone. And, um, Many examples of that in the Bible and the Book of Mormon and in church history and in our own personal lives, Scott, of how Christ has strengthened us and how we are able to do things in the strength of the Lord, how we are able to carry burdens. Maybe the burdens won't be less, but our backs will be strengthened, that great example in the Book of Mormon how they, their, their backs were strengthened to carry their burdens. That, that's the, that's the, the grace or the enabling powers of Christ that are available to us in our life. And I know some of those are unconditional, and some are conditional as well, depending upon our faith in asking for them. Or sometimes people who don't know who to ask or don't, even know that maybe there is a God or other people who've never heard of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father takes all of that into consideration, and many of those individuals are blessed with grace every day to carry to carry their burdens. Heavenly Father doesn't have, you know, really, Scott, he gives grace to every all of his children, sometimes conditional, sometimes unconditional. So that's right. The physical, all the physical ailments and healings and all of that are part of the powers and, and blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. One of my other favorite um, unconditional aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ, Scott, uh, which is somewhat connected to the, to the resurrection and to this redemptive power, is um, all little children. Who die before the age of accountability 
and I don't think that's a chronological number or in years, but is is associated with their their mental and intellectual and other abilities. All little children or all children, they could be not even little, they could be adult children, all children who die before the age of accountability are unconditionally alive in Christ and are not only redeemed, not only saved, but are exalted, Scott. Yeah, not just little children, but all that were without the law. Yeah, well, yeah, who were not accountable in the law yeah. and who will, after this life, receive the law right. with full purpose of heart. Yeah, we find that actually um, in Moroni chapter 8, verse 22. Let me just read it. For behold, that all little children are alive in Christ, and also that they are without uh, they that are without the law. For the power of redemption cometh to all them that have no law. Wherefore, he that is not condemned, or he that is under no condemnation, cannot repent, and unto such baptism availeth nothing. Yeah, and verse twelve, Scott. I, I've told this experience before, so I'll just tell it real briefly here, but. I was a uh, a teacher at the old missionary home in Salt Lake City years ago, having been called to do that right after my mission by by then Elder Thomas S. Monson. And I taught with a companion, Elder Hansen from Salt Lake City, every Tuesday morning. And I heard this experience for I don't know how many, well, I was there for over two years, so they, and until they moved the uh, old missionary home down to Provo and called it the Missionary Training Center. Anyway, I heard the story of him as a missionary in Canada going to a little white house down some dark lane, last house before it got dark, knocked on the door, and as he's, he's only been out a short time, and uh, he hears a voice come into his mind, has this impression, like a voice into his mind, Read Moroni 8, 10 through 12. So he says, I didn't know what that, well, I didn't even know what that said. So he said, I unzip my scripture covers, his old missionary scripture cover, and he turns to Moroni here and finds it. And uh, a young woman opens the door and he says, ma'am, I have a scripture to read to you. And he reads Moroni 8, 10 through 12. You want to read that, Scott? Yep, you bet. Um, Moroni 8, 10 through 12, starting in 10. Behold, I say unto you that this thing ye shall ye teach, repentance and baptism unto those who are accountable and capable of committing sin. Yea, teach parents that they must repent and be baptized and humble themselves as their little children. And they shall all be saved with their little children. And their little children need no repentance, neither baptism. Behold, Baptism is unto repentance, to the fulfilling of the commandments, and to the remission of sins. But little children are alive in Christ, even from the foundation of the world. If not so, God is a partial God, and also a changeable God, and a respecter to persons. For how many little children have died without baptism? <laughs> alive in Christ. And anyway, he, he reads that scripture, and he never looks up until he reads all three verses, and he finally looks up, and tears are streaming down her cheeks. And she said, how did you know? Who sent you here? Who told you? And he said, no what? No, we're, we're sent here by the Lord Jesus Christ, he said. 
Wow. I'm from Salt Lake City, and the Lord Jesus sent Christ me sent here. me here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she wept, and she said, I've been praying for two weeks that somebody would come and tell me where my baby is. Oh, had she lost a baby? Her baby had just two weeks before had lived for just a few hours after oh. birth and died. And that she had gone to her Catholic priest. And, you know, this is like 40 years ago now, yeah, Scott. right. She went to her Catholic priest, and he told her that her baby was in purgatory because he, he hadn't been baptized. Right. And she said, I knew that couldn't be true. Now, in fairness to the Catholic Church, they've softened their stance and position on that. Um, but um, she said, I knew that couldn't be true. And here are these two elders sent by the Lord tell her where her baby is, that he's alive in Christ and that he's with the Savior. And uh, she, they set up a time, her husband wasn't home, and they set up a time, went back and taught that young couple and baptized them. And I just think this is one of the great doctrines of the restoration yeah, Scott. yeah that no one else no one else believes what we believe about this i mean they i i know individuals do everybody believes that if their babies die that they're with jesus of course it makes sense absolutely yeah. that's just the, the yeah. light of christ exactly screaming at us that the that's light of true. christ right not screaming in a still small voice he whispers that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but honestly scott i, I it is so clear in the doctrine of the restoration of the fullness of the gospel. It is taught over and over and over again. I'm just so grateful. Now, we should also make it really clear. Children are fallen, and they are lost, even though they're alive in Christ, right? And even though they're unconditionally redeemed, saved, and even exalted in the celestial kingdom, it's really important that we understand that they're fallen. So let's just read that scripture, Scott. That's that's in Mosiah, Mosiah chapter 3, the great discourse on King Benjamin on the fall and the atonement of Christ. And let's read verse 16. And even if it were possible, the little children could sin, they could not be saved. So we know that little children can't sin, but they're still fallen. Read it, start it over. And even if it were possible that little children could sin, they could not be saved. But I say unto you, they are blessed. For behold, as in Adam, or by nature, they fall. Even so, the blood of Christ atoneth for their sins. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Children are fallen, but they're unconditionally saved, alive in Christ. That is... Think about, Scott, how many little children have died? Oh, my gosh. You know, more than have probably made it, I mean, over the years. Maybe not. But. Well, really, the uh, over over 300 years ago, yeah. the infant mortality rate, meaning, meaning bef- pe- children who died before they reached the age of eight, was like 50%. Really? That's the statistics yeah. I've seen. Okay. Okay. Over 50% of God's children never made it to the age of eight. Yeah. So how many people are going to be in the celestial kingdom? Yeah, there are going to be more people in the celestial kingdom than any other kingdom, just based on that fact alone. Just based on that fact, that truth, that doctrine alone. Right. It's amazing. Think about the mercy, the grace, the power, the redemptive powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Oh, man, most of Heavenly Father's children are going to be exalted. Yeah. 
not just saved, exalted. Yeah. Uh, even though we're all redeemed, most of them even are going to be exalted. And that's that's why, because all little children are unconditionally not only redeemed, but exalted. Well, another one, Scott, that I, I think is really important, and uh, this has this uh, has to do with uh, maybe a story that uh, I think we're about out of time. Maybe I'll wait and share that story next time, Scott, about uh, another aspect of the unconditional powers of the atonement of Jesus Christ that I uh, heard from a general authority and experienced for myself on an Indian reservation in uh, Hardin, Montana. Uh, the Crow, the great, uh, powerful Crow Indian reservation. I had an experience there with Elder Hugh Pinnock, and uh, he shared a, a scripture and then taught uh, doctrine that changed my life in not only regards to how I how I see the atonement of Jesus Christ, but also in how I see my human family, my spirit brothers and sisters. And uh, when we understand all of the unconditional blessings and powers that flow into our life, into the life of all of God's children because of the atonement of Jesus Christ God, how can we not be filled with more gratitude and greater desire to follow follow Jesus it, it answers so many so many questions Scott that are that our families our our loved ones are the world so many questions that they wrestle with and understanding the powers and blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ really answers most of those questions and so i'm really thankful for the couple of uh, podcasts this one and maybe a few more to follow that in which we'll really explore all of the effects and different aspects of the redemptive sacrifice of jesus christ in our life and i'm glad that we're doing that i i think that this is not a study that should be rushed this is something that we should contemplate and and maybe even wrestle with on our own as we um reconcile the spirit as it bears witness to us as we can contemplate and consider where maybe our judgment of ourselves has been off because of uh, maybe influences that were inaccurate or understandings that have been a little bit inaccurate around the atonement of Jesus Christ and the redemptive and enabling and compensatory powers that come to us from those. This is where, this is where for me, and, and I can, I'm going to be bold here again and say, you know, and I believe for all recovering addicts and alcoholics, this is where the rubber starts to meet the road because it's good for us to know. It's interesting to have an academic experience with anything, but this is where we start to have that experiential experience you know, with the atonement of Jesus Christ. This is where we feel those powers in our own lives. This is where through our own gratitude, we begin to magnify our desire. And as that desire magnifies, we begin to create even a more enticing invitation of the spirit to come and abode with us and and be with us and to, to administer to us the things in this life that are so evasive for so many. And, you know, we're in a critical time. 
this is a critical time in the world. We listened to a conference a couple of weeks ago. We celebrate Easter Easter last week or this past week, and we we consider and contemplate and and deepen our gratitude and desire for things that are eternally important by doing this. I'm grateful for you, Dave. I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have to share this with others, that I get to learn from you, and that uh, maybe hopefully by uh, the Spirit that somebody's lives can be touched. Well, th- thank you so much, Scott. I, I'm really grateful, so grateful, and uh, my gratitude continues to grow as my understanding increases as to the Father's plan of redemption or plan of salvation or plan of happiness. I, I'm just uh, so, so grateful that we have the restoration of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in our lives and pray that uh, our listeners will um, search the, the word, search the scriptures and, and come to receive the greater understanding and gratitude that they need to strengthen their relationships with each other and with deity. It all comes down to that, Scott. Now, I think that was taught in general conference by a few speakers. It all comes down to our relationship. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a checklist of do's and don'ts or even a checklist of, of commandments. It's more so much more than even ordinances and covenants. And the only reason there are ordinances and covenants and commandments are to strengthen our relationship with with Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father and to receive the Holy Ghost. So I, I pray that in all that uh, we're doing and sharing um, will s- somehow strengthen our relationships uh, because that's that's the one needful thing that we all have is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and a re- relationship with our loved ones that is accompanied by the Spirit and influence of the Holy Ghost in our life. So, Lord bless all of us. I pray that uh, he'll bless all of us to come to a deeper understanding and gratitude for uh, the doctrine of Christ and, and his uh, atoning sacrifice. Just, and that, that person that you really don't like or the meanest, most wicked person that you see today he or she has been redeemed too. And it changes how you see others. When you understand this doctrine, Scott, they have a Savior. They may not know their Savior. They have a Redeemer. They maybe haven't ever heard of Him or have rejected Him. But that doesn't mean they have not been saved or redeemed because they it, that's unconditional. They have been saved they have been redeemed. They will be resurrected. Christ suffered for them too. And they will return to the presence of God. And then it will be their choice. Yep. And they have choices here too. I understand all of that. I understand that. I am I'm not a universalist. I don't believe I don't believe everyone's going to be exalted. But Jesus Christ did the work of the Father, and because of the Father's love for his children. He is, Jesus Christ, all of our Redeemer and all of our Savior. And uh, 
that should change how we see others. Yeah. And it's our prayer that you feel that about yourself and others. May God make it so in all of our lives is our prayer. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.